Welcome to, 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 to the Unity Factor. Hello, it's your host, Julian Fernandez, back again with your with the co-hosts, Josh John and Jonah Wade. Welcome. Back like I never left. Yo. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about minimum wage. Yo. It's a very hot button issue right now, especially given our political um, you know, environment that we live in now. So Joe and I have always disagreed on this issue, uh, how government should go about regulating wages and whether you know it's a federal state or municipal issue so i mean i guess i'll ask jonah first what he thinks about um the minimum wage what it should go to and how it should be instituted well while me and you might disagree most of the country does not disagree on this issue about two-thirds of americans favor a 15 dollars minimum wage as i favor minimum wage Uh, we'll get into a lot of the the advantages of that, why it's necessary, you know, what's what's the holdup? If two thirds of the country supports it, you know, wh- why is it not being enacted into law? Um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, fifteen dollar minimum wage. Um, you know, the the basis for this is that the cost of living throughout the past few decades has skyrocketed, while wages have pretty much stayed the same. Um, the minimum wage is currently seven twenty five, and it hasn't really gotten a an increase in a considerable amount considerable amount of time. I don't know the exact amount of time, but it's been too long. And there's, this is also a huge movement. You see stuff like the Fight for 15, which is a giant uh, movement to raise the minimum wage $15 started by McDonald's workers. You have unions engaging in collective bargaining, raising their individual wages. Um, but I think America agrees with me that it's time for a federal minimum wage of $15 an hour to ensure that people don't have to work two or three jobs a day just to stay out of poverty. Mm, yeah, that that's a sentiment that I hear a lot from, um, especially the progressive left and also a lot of just traditional liberals. Um, one issue that I take with this is that if you institute it on a federal level, you're pretty much equating the cost of living in New York City, San Francisco, L.A., D.C. to the cost of living in, I don't know, some small town in South Dakota, which does not make any sense because we know that the cost of living in these big cities like New York and San Francisco far outpaces that of, you know, these rural areas um, or just these regular towns with not quite as high uh, cost of living. That's why I think it should be raised at a local level and a state level to decide who or where where these uh, minimum wage increases uh, take place, because not only will a federal minimum wage hike totally just obliterate the economy, it'll also negatively affect those who are working for those wages, um, like servers and other low-skilled jobs. Well, I, I understand your point that, you know, that the cost of living varies. There's actually not a single state in the United States where you can work one minimum wage job and afford a two-bedroom apartment. And also to your point about hurting the economy, there's actually zero evidence for that. And actually all the evidence um, points in the other direction that it actually helps the economy. So I'll point to a couple of studies. So the Center for Economic and Policy Research analyzed a report by the White House Council of Economic Advisors. And for the 18 states plus D.C. that increased wages beyond the federal minimum wage, I don't know if all of them were $15 an hour, some of them might be less, but they actually they saw those low-wage workers economically benefiting, benefiting, and there's actually no decrease in job availability. Another one, this was testified before Congress, was the Economic Policy Institute studies of the effects of a $15 minimum wage. Um, and they, find, they found that by 2024, which is the time frame for actually raising it, it wouldn't just be like a snap. It's 
at $15 an hour, it would be a gradual raise. By 2024, $15 an hour would be necessary just to simply raise a family, two parents raising a family without living in poverty. I'm also, um, according to a, a study by Cal Berkeley economists, there's actually, they did not find any evidence of raising minimum wage $15 would result in significant job losses or fewer job opportunities. Um, so like there's, this is one of the most well studied and well documented issues around the economy and the vast, vast majority of evidence actually finds economic benefits to raising the, the minimum wage. Um, and yeah. one thing that relates to that is that it actually saves money on welfare. So you have all these workers at Amazon, you have all these workers at Walmart, at Disney, at these giant corporations who are getting paid starvation wages. And now they, since they can't, they don't have enough they're not getting paid enough by these companies. They have to rely on government government relief programs like food stamps, like other forms of welfare. So we can lift those wage workers out of poverty, um, specifically at those big corporations that'll reduce taxpayer spending on welfare, which I know you're a small government guy. And that's always something you always talk about, the quote unquote welfare state. But you have people who are being denied a basic standard of living through their wages by these big companies and are forced to go on government welfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, studies have shown that actually for every $1 that wages rise um, among workers um, in the bottom three wage um, deciles, spending on government uh, assistant programs falls by roughly $5.2 billion. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have legislation like the Stop Bezos Act, which is proposed by progressives. I, I know me and Josh, I've talked to you about a little about this. Julian, I don't know how much you know about this, but it was an act proposed by progressives. And it actually had bipartisan support for that exact reason, that it was cutting government spending. Basically, this act, it was called the Stop Bezos Act. And it said that companies who didn't pay their workers $15 an hour, like Amazon, Walmart, they'd have to pay for their employees' um, welfare and government programs out of their own pocket. So Amazon and, and Walmart were like, fuck it, all right, we'll just pay you $15. It was not by choice, it was by force. So yeah, I think that mass movements of people demanding this kind of change is very important. Um, cause they're not going to do it on their own, but I do, I do understand your point that the cost of living is not the same everywhere. And like, um, you know, living in a small rural town in like fucking Nebraska or something, $15 an hour is going to mean a lot more than if you're living in New York city or San Francisco or something like that. But also no matter where you live, it's too, the minimum wage is too low federally for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, Seattle has actually already instituted a citywide $15 minimum wage, and that's actually proven to have a negative impact on the restaurant business. Um, and one one waiter said that he's been working in the industry for 33 years, and he expected with the $15 minimum wage um, that his wages would go up, but he's actually seeing them go down because he's working less hours and visit restaurants as as they are. That's just how they are. Their profit margins are razor thin, between three and five percent. Fifteen dollar minimum wage would negatively affect the workers themselves there because number one, they would work less hours. They might lose some benefits like healthcare, dental, eye care, all of that. And then eventually, because these these restaurants have razor thin margins, they're not going to be able to sustain that that type of wage and benefits and all of that for their employees. So then also. Um, this, reading this article from The Hill, says, this is from back in December, this week the editors of the Wall Street Journal cited a recent National Bureau of Economic Research study that concluded that minimum wage in- increases from 1989 to 2013 resulted in lower bank credit, higher loan defaults, lower employment, a lower entry, and a higher te- 
higher exit rate for small businesses. The, the editors weren't surprised, of course. So, I mean, there's a lot of conflicting information out there. But I think that, as they say, says it does not take the University of Chicago case to, 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 to suspect that raising the price of labor will make it harder to sustain a small labor-intensive business. Raising the national minimum wage to $15 an hour, as many of the progressive presidential candidates are proposing, ignores the millions of small businesses that are trying to make payroll and grow. So not only, so if you're a big company like Amazon or Walmart or whatever, they probably have the means to pay their workers $15 or more uh, as a base salary. I think Amazon's making that a base salary. I think Walmart has, actually, I don't know about Walmart, but if you're a small business, you can't really afford that. And then sooner, sooner or later, you're going to have to start reducing hours, reducing benefits, and then maybe eventually close. And that'll just affect so many people. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about conflicting evidence. You know, I've, I've also read other stuff where businesses have benefited small businesses, small businesses like hotels and restaurants have benefited from it. But when you talk about the one worker who like, there's so many other factors in that, you know, when you're a wage worker, you're living at the edge and there's so many other factors. There's healthcare, there's education. There's also stuff that can, that impacts your mortgage and your, your personal finances. But I think I do agree that like corp, big corporations, like there's no, like there's no argument there, but I do think there's a little bit of nuance in small, in terms of small businesses. Um, because yeah, I mean, a lot of small businesses are cutting their margins very close. And I, I, I know Josh, you work, I don't know, Julian, but I work at a, I work at a frozen yogurt place and I know if they paid me, if they paid me $15 an hour, like, you know, they'd be losing, they'd be losing mad bread. So I think <laughs> there is an argument to be had there. Uh, Julian, yeah. what do you think? I mean, I think I see it both sides. Um, I really don't want to see people have to work three to three, two jobs um, to support themselves. People really do anything. And it's sort of sad how they lose family time how they can't be there for their families because in essence, they're working for their families. It's sad how some people just can't live off minimum wage at times. And you can't put that idea of you should be a two-person family. I know there's sometimes single-person families. Um, and it should be okay for a single person with a kid to be able to sustain themselves, which is not a, a, which not happens a lot, which doesn't happen a lot. And then as well, I also see the other side where raising the minimum wage a lot can affect companies and businesses. And I'm talking more on the smaller end. I'm not talking about like Amazon and Walmart. I mean, all those big companies, I know they can afford it. But like Josh says, or like the mom and pop shops, it can make it harder for them to sustain, um, give benefits. But then also once that happens, they, a lot, I saw a lot of people say how or owners of small companies say how they'll go to they'll get rid of more people to be able to sustain that um, so they'll hire not hire but they'll establish like excuse me manless jobs um so people that can um like automatic jobs i forget what the word is right now but you have pete do you have things machines that do the work for humans so there's there will probably be a loss of jobs and sort of like well, automation that's, that's like the yeah automation. Automation. yeah yeah that's the word i'm getting i just sometimes lose the word in my head yeah um but I see, I see both sides. I'm trying to think of like, if you guys come up with an idea that could work with both sides, what would that be? Well, I would say make a threshold for like large, because large corporations, the fact that, that companies like Disney, companies like Target, you know, are not, are literally paying their workers 
starvation wages is like absolutely ridiculous. So I think a compromise, a couple of compromises, there could be a threshold for if your company is valued over this much, you know, if your revenue is over this much, there's no, there's no way you can finesse your way out of that because then you're just, you know, all the profits are going to the executives, what you find in those big companies. Um, and, you know, provide a little more flexibility for the small businesses and just that in general, right. Incentivize, I don't know, not incentivize, but just like, just, um, just find other ways to like reduce cost of small businesses assistance so they can provide $15 an hour wages to those workers. Because basically what it comes down to is like values, right? If you, like, I believe that nobody should work 40 hours a week and live in poverty, you know? And so that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there is a sweet spot to raise wages, but I don't think it's $15. Like I think economists and business people and, I guess trade unions should also be in this conversation to find that sweet spot, whether it's nine, 10 or $11 an hour. Um, I think there is definitely a sweet spot. I do think that the minimum wage should be raised to an extent, but not at a federal level. I think on a state and local level that the minimum wage needs to be changed based on cost of living and a whole bunch of other factors. And right now I'm looking at what Disney pays their people says Disney's pay for hourly, full-time, and part-time employees will increase to two, to $11 by December. This is from 2018, 13 in September 2019, and 14 in October 2020, and finally 15 in October 2021. So yeah, I mean, again, that's not because they chose to. That's because they were forced by their workers, by the Fight for 15 movement, all that stuff. They're not They're not going to do it on their own. You know, They, they did that be, as a result of pressure from workers. Yeah. That's but, fine, I mean, but, it's good that they're doing it. You know, it's good that they're doing it finally, but I, I think it's foolish to say, oh, they did it on their own accord. Oh, they, you know, they realized blah, blah, blah. No, they didn't realize. They realized that there was massive movement and that they faced massive, massive backlash if they kept letting their workers live in poverty. So they finally just conceded. But yeah. But, but also, like, if we raise the minimum wage to 15 federally, you're going to have a lot of businesses ship their jobs overseas, which will negatively affect so many more businesses than just those that are shipping the jobs overseas. They don't have a ripple effect through their vendors. But that's why we can incentivize companies to stay here. Like we can do Buy America where the federal government can only produce, or the, the federal government can only buy um, goods and services all produced in America, other stuff like that, other tax incentives to businesses to keep their jobs in America. And that's one thing that Trump promised and he hasn't done. He was, he, he promised to sign this Buy America executive order where the federal government would only do business with companies based in the United States. Instead, he never signed that executive order, and he did a symbolic Buy America week where they just did a little thing at the White House. Oh, look at all these great American companies, blah, blah, blah. But like incentivizing companies to stay there and, you know, and trying doing everything we can to keep jobs in, you know, from getting shipped over. Mm. But I mean, if you're, if you're like one of these retail stores or you're just making shirts, the federal government is going to be buying shirts from you. Like, I mean, retail stores, have, yeah. They already have like dirt wages over there in Asia and like so many other places where it's practically just slave labor pretty much. They get paid nothing, sweatshops. So already you're, a lot of jobs are shipped overseas because of that. And then if we raise it federally to 15, just game over really so many jobs here well outsourcing is another issue and i think there's there's a couple of things you can do you can you can do tax incentives or other incentives to incentivize 
retail companies like that to keep their labor overseas. And there's also, fuck it, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, whatever. But, I mean, yeah, I think outsourcing is a different issue. I mean, they're connected, but... And also, if you have if you have a company, giant companies, who are just going to... They're, they're going to prioritize profit over, you know, American jobs. And they're, they're going to say, fuck it, I don't care about American workers as much as I do the paying workers since. Then, like, there's only so much you can do, you know? Yeah. I mean, coming back to this restaurant um, topic with Seattle, this guy says he used to work four shifts a week. He was able to raise his son, pay for his rent and go to school. And he says, now thanks to the 15 minimum wage, I work six days a week just to make ends meet. So, I mean, as Julian said, you have less time with your family in this guy's particular case. I mean, I don't know if that's the same for every single person over in Seattle, but um that's just one effect, one negative effect of how 15 uh, changed the Seattle restaurant area. I mean, I would call that anecdotal evidence because there's so much other data yeah. that that proves that raising the minimum wage would help low wage workers very, very effectively and a lot. And because you have this massive income inequality in America, that would help raise um, raise the lower levels of these wage workers and help create a better floor. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can't invalidate what that guy's saying, but there's also a lot of evidence to go against that. Julian, you have anything to add in this? No, not really. I mean, I see both sides, like I said before. Um, there's really no more points that I have besides the ones that you said. And I think this is just going to be an issue that's always going to be just a hot topic, always going to be debated. I don't think anyone's really going to agree on this for certain. Like everyone, I know there may be like a majority that agree on something, but I think it's going to be sort of these fine margins. Um, but I do know in other countries, um, like France, uh, I know there's there's Australia, I believe as well. They base um, the minimum wage off inflation, and and they do it every year. And I mean, they do it success, successfully. Um, so I know there is the possibility of doing it. Um, I don't know if it would be as drastic as moving it all the way up to fifteen, but based on the inflation every year, I know since the last since the minimum wage was last changed, I believe it was two thousand nine. A lot. Let me see. For a dollar, I believe from 2009 to 2020, a um, dollar is worth a dollar twenty today. Um, so like a dollar in 2009. So the inflation has been decently big, but I think it has to. There has to be something that coincides with it. You know. The other thing is not just inflation; it's also like productivity and state of the economy. So what you see now is massive, massive productivity increases. But all that money is not going to the workers. It's going to all the executives. So you need to, when you're thinking about the minimum wage, not only is inflation a factor, but also productivity and overall revenue is also a factor. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. It's a very complicated topic. Yeah, I don't know if there will ever be a definitive answer, but hopefully we can find a way where people can stop having to scrap by, have some leeway, don't have to count every single penny um, per week. So, I think we both agree that you know the low the people who make really low wages, you know, should not should not have to live in poverty, not have to work through two or three jobs to get by. I think we all can agree on that. I think it's the little details, you know, how we get there, you know, what's the way to do it is where there's more conversation. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so. 
So is that it? Do you guys have any like closing statements or? Nah. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> everybody, yeah, I'm gonna say every do. time. Finally, the Don War one is like it's patriotic. No one more oh, patriotic God. than the Don. We go too <laughs> fucking late. We have two Vietnam Wars worth of deaths. Now you're starting to wear a mask. Like, cool. Exactly. You know, a little too late, buddy. Well, at least he's doing it. <laughs> all of a sudden, fam. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for another great episode. Um, thank you for the input, both Josh and Jonah. I'm mean, two fabulous sides, two sides that may not agree with each other, but respect each other's opinion. So thank you. Yes, sir.